You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. If you have your Bible, maybe you'd turn back there to Jonah. Uh, We're going to be looking at two verses, one from Jonah and one from that verse that I used as a call to worship from uh, Luke's Gospel, Luke 11 and verse 32. But here in chapter 3 and verse 10, we see the recognition by the Lord that Nineveh repented. It says, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction that he had threatened. Not just what they said, but what they did. When God saw what they did and how they turned away from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction that he had threatened. And and I want to tie this verse into that verse from uh, Luke 11 and verse 32. Let me read it to you. The words of Jesus. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. And this verse brings us to one of the great events, one of the greatest events in human history. It points us forward to that event that is yet to be the day of judgment. It focuses our attention on that day where all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The men of Nineveh will be there. The people of Jesus' day will be there. You will be there. And I will be there. Isn't it an amazing thought that the men of Nineveh, who had all disappeared from among the living more than 800 years before the day of Christ should confront the very generation that Jesus was speaking to and that you'll be there and that I'll be there. They repented at the preaching of Jonah, but now one greater than Jonah is here. And and it's that last phrase there from that text in Luke that I want us to home home in on for the remainder of the time available to us this afternoon. In what ways is Jesus greater than Jonah? And I want to look at three ways that he's greater than Jonah. First of all, Jesus is greater in his person than Jonah. When God decided to call Nineveh to repentance, it was one of those many times in various ways in which God spoke through the prophets that the writer to the Hebrews speaks about in Hebrews chapter 1, how the the word of God came in different ways at different times. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Hebrews 1 and verse 2. Now, both Jonah and Jesus were commissioned by God. Both were called by God. Both proclaimed God's message. Both were acting under authority. 
And in that respect, the words uttered by Jonah were just as divine, they were just as authoritative, they were just as infallible as the words that were uttered by Jesus. Now, just a wee aside here. I'm sure many of you are familiar with red-letter Bibles. I'm sure many of you have them. I have one at home as well, where the words of Jesus are written in red ink, the rest of the Bible in black ink. And that really uh, helps when we look at the Gospels to see the words that Jesus used. It's helpful for that. But it doesn't mean that the red-letter parts of the Bible are more important or more authoritative than any other part of the Bible. It's all the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness according to the Bible. Anyhow, that's just something to note. But we discover here that in the one case, the Godhead sent as its ambassador and its envoy a mere man. And in the other case, he sent the eternal Son of God. Now, uh, John, John refers to the difference here. John 3 and verse 31, he says this, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. Here's the Son of God speaking from the Father's bosom. And men and women, when, when, when such a one calls us to repentance, with what overwhelming urgency does the call come? And how great is the guilt of rejecting that call? It, it reminds me again of the writer to the Hebrews. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? If at the preaching of a mere human being, the men of Nineveh repented, shall they not rise up in judgment against you if you turn away from the preaching of him who comes from the Father's bosom? Jesus is greater than Jonah in his person. But secondly, Jesus is greater in his office than Jonah. All the prophets call for repentance. You go through all the prophets in the Old Testament, all of them call for repentance. They pronounced the anger of God, the wrath of God upon the impenitent. And in God's name, they commanded the people to repent. And they declared God's readiness to forgive as the greatest encouragement to repentance. But Jonah's commission was a very limited one, was it not? He, could, he was to pronounce the judgment of God, 40 more days, and, and God's going to destroy Nineveh. That was his message. And he could only address a relatively small number in comparison to the population of the world. And he could only, he could only communicate a fragment of God's truth. And he could only do it for a very limited, brief time. But Christ, in his office, is the way. 
the truth, the life. He discloses all of God's truth. He speaks to all ages and every generation as the only authoritative leader and teacher. In Jonah, or in any mere human prophet, is a portion of divine wisdom, is a measure of divine words. But Jesus was the wisdom of God, and Jesus was the word of God. John, in his uh, opening, his prologue, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he goes on to say, and the word became flesh. That's his account of the birth of Jesus. The word became flesh. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Well, surely, if such a one issues a call, it is therefore by nature infinitely important and urgent. And if the same call to repent has been delivered by a mere fellow creature and has been respected and obeyed by the wicked community to whom it was addressed, shall not these men of Nineveh rise up in the judgment against the men of gospel times? Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is among them here in Jesus' day. The Old Testament records how prophets had many feelings. And, that, and that's a great thing about the Bible, isn't it? We, we've touched on this before. When, when the Bible gives an account of individuals, of personalities in the Bible, it paints a picture warts and all. There's nothing kept back from us. So, so many of the prophets had feelings. And the gospel was carried forward by here in... in John in Luke's gospel, here it's carried forward by a prophet who is infinitely perfect, infinitely infallible, infinitely unchangeable, in whom is light and there's no darkness at all. John says about him, he was full of grace and truth. Other prophets were liable to err and did err. Elijah, we're told, was a man of like passions with ourselves. And what about Jonah? Well, we've looked at Jonah and how he ran away from God. And we can see that he was less than perfect. When the Lord spared Nineveh, and this is another thing we see about Jonah, we see his imperfection. When the Lord spared Nineveh, was Jonah happy about that? Was Jonah pleased about that? Well, you'll see in chapter 4, far from it. He was almost outraged. He was displeased. Did ever anything that the Father did displease the Lord Jesus? When the Father assigned to him a homeless life, when the Lord, when the Father assigned to him unpopularity and persecution and mock trial and death, did this displease Jesus? Or when people responded to the love of God in Christ, did that displease Jesus? When the prostitute 
repented? When the tax collectors repented? When the lowest of the low repented? Did that displease Jesus? No. He rejoiced over that. But if we turn a deaf ear to him, how powerful must be the condemnation which the men of Nineveh shall rise up to pronounce upon us in the judgment. Jesus, greater than Jonah in person, in his person, in his office, and thirdly, Jesus is greater in his power. Greater in his power. Jonah may pronounce wrath, but Jesus can give repentance. He is the hearts of all in his keeping. He is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Jonah may pronounce the vengeance of God on sin, but the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. Isn't that what he was condemned for? Isn't that what the scribes and Pharisees rebuked him for? Because he claimed to have the power to forgive sin. How unspeakably greater then is Jesus as a herald and ambassador to call men to repentance. It, uh, it may be a grace, and we know it is, a grace that is altogether supernatural to repent. It, it's, it's a supernatural thing that we're called to, that we're summoned to when he calls us to repent. But however difficult, however contrary to our human nature, however above nature it may be, as we're summoned to it by the one who is greater than Jonah, by one so great by nature as to be able to give the very grace which he requires us to exercise. He summons us to do the impossible, and he makes it possible for us to do it. Do you realize that? When God calls us to repent, with man it's impossible. But not with God. For all things are possible with God. You see, when he calls us to repent, he enables us to repent. When that effectual calling comes, if you tell me merely that a divine messenger summonses me to lay aside all my old motives and principles of action and aims and objects of life and to begin to act truly and simply in the singular principles of really doing everything to promote the glory of God and framing my life not at all on my wishes but in God's will, and then you assign for me a work perfectly hopeless so far as any strength of mine for accomplishing is concerned, I either don't see the greatness of this moral change or in seeing it, I at once despair of achieving it by myself. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? It, it overwhelms us to be faced with this challenge to repent because here's the thing about us. We're fallen creatures. We have a sinful nature. That's what makes us sinners. We have a desire to sin. We find it attractive. 
but tell me that the Son who summons me to be renewed in the spirit of my mind makes me alive, makes alive whom he will, that he is the hearts of all in his keeping and is only acting in his office when he gives repentance and remission of sins. Tell me that he is calling me to receive this, these very gifts and assures me that if I only knew his nature and his love, I would not hesitate to ask. And asking would receive, even as he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Tell me this. And combining my powerlessness with some insight into his power to work repentance in my heart, and I am urged, hemmed in, shut up to Christ, effectually conferring on me the gracious and perfect forgiveness of sins. And this sin-hating, mourning, contrite, believing heart to receive all this mercy freely. Yes, truly, truly, a greater than Jonah is here. Paul put it like this. Paul may plant Apollos water, but only God, only God gives the increase. Only God can do this. This greater than Jonah is God manifest in the flesh. Had, had Nineveh rejected Jonah, they might have said, oh, he's just a mere crier of danger. But he that rejects Jesus rejects the one that can give repentance, the one that can give forgiveness of sins, the one who said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. One greater than Jonah. Surely Jonah was a weak and unstable prophet. The Jews of Jesus' time had far greater light. They had infinitely clearer teaching. And above that, they had amongst them, in their company, the very Son of God, the King of kings, the prophet greater than Moses. And yet the Jews neither repented nor believed. I want you to think about this. Jonah went to a pagan city, Nineveh, and he preached judgment. Forty more days, and God's going to destroy this place. And the people repented. We see it here. When news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, sat down in dust. Then he issued a proclamation. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. 
this wasn't just a change of mind. This was a change of heart, a change of direction. And on the very authority of the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're told they repented. They repented at the preaching of Jonah. <clears throat> and that was all they had. They had nothing else but the preaching of Jonah. Now fast forward 800 years. And Jesus is on this earth. And he's preaching to the Jews. And they have the scriptures. Well, what scriptures had they? They had the Old Testament. The Old Testament is full of Christ. It's full of the Messiah. And yet they had the scriptures. They had been steeped in them from their birth. More than that, they had the Son of God. What did they say about him? Never a man spoke like this man. He speaks with authority. Not only that, but there were signs following the preaching of the word. He did the most amazing miracles. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He, he calmed the storm. He said, peace be still, and the sea was calm. So they had all these things. They had the scriptures. They had the Son of God. They had the miracles of Christ. And still, they rejected Christ. Now, fast forward 2,000 years. And here we are in the 21st century. We have all of Scripture, the whole canon of Scripture, not just the Old Testament, but the New Testament. We have accounts of the life of Christ. We have the infallible Word of God. We are more privileged than the people of Jesus' day. Do you know that? More privileged. Because we know about the resurrection. We know what we have Paul's epistles. We know what's going to happen on the day of judgment. It, it's set down there in Scripture. So we are more privileged than the people in Jesus' day. Listen again to Jesus. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now one greater than Jonah is here. Well, he's referring there to the people of Nineveh, or to the people of his own generation. But we can apply it to this generation, can we not? This is equally true for our generation. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation, our generation, uncondemned. For they, that is the Ninevites, they repented at the preaching of Jonah. I, I could nearly say there at the preaching of merely Jonah. For Jonah was a fallible human being. But now one greater than Jonah is here. The living Lord is here. And he challenges you to repent, to turn from your sin, 
to trust him. Will you do that? Or on the day of judgment, will you see the Ninevites stand up and condemn you? Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and you rejected the gospel. At the preaching of Christ. In Jesus' day, many rejected the one greater than Jonah. What about you? Are you going to reject the one greater than Jonah? Or are you going to embrace him and serve him as your Lord and Master? Let's pray. 